0: Ladies and gentlemen, what's good, y'all? It's Chris Gary, it's Andrew Benjamin. You're locked into another special edition of the We Are Rising podcast, and this time around we got somebody a little close to mind for Andrew to talk to, but it's just as much of a badass out the cage as she is. She's five feet two inches tall, 107, I mean 105 let me do that over again as far as your credentials go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, all this fear about the quarantine hell and no, all this makes me kind of loopy. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: got you on that.
0: <laughs> Understood. But still, for those who don't know, our guest stands in at 5 feet 2 inches tall and weighs in at 105.7 pounds and has a 16 feet increase. 35 years old, born July 26, 1984, and represents Long Island MMA, but fights out of Queens, New York, as a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Specialist. She also fights out of ringsport Muay Thai for striking game. In six appearances in Mixed Martial Arts, five of them for Invicta, she is four and two overall, and... No, she is four and two overall with three of those four wins going the distance via decision. Obviously she's four and one. Well actually three and one. Don't waste three and two inside the Invicta FC cage. She is probably one of the hardest working fighters today because she most recently fought back on February 7th to Linda McKallick at Invicta. 39 and she hopes that once this quarantine hell is all over she'll get right back into the cage and fight again. Ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the We Are Rising podcast a native of Queensbridge New York Jillian Lionheart course How are you madam? I'm doing well. How
1: about yourself?
0: I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right, Andrew, you might as well go ahead
2: and, you know, talk her. I mean, talk to her a little bit because you're more closer to home and to her than she, I mean, than I am to her. Sure thing, Christian. So, uh, Ms. DiCorsi, C- T- first of all, thank you very much for doing this interview. Um, a few questions. Uh, one, uh, well, actually, these are all, it's going to be a bundle of three questions. One, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, how you got into NMA, and right now, what are you doing in this whole, uh, coronavirus pandemic to, I I don't know, like, what, what what, are you doing to survive, so to speak?
1: All right, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm from uh, Queens, New York, um, right now I live out on Long Island, um, you know, I train out of Long Island MMA and ring sport Muay Thai, um, most of my fights have been under, you know, my professional fights have been under the Invicta FC banner, um. And um, you know, outside of kind of fighting, um, I'm a mental health counselor, so um, and I have my own um, counseling practice. So right now I've honestly been really kind of busy with work, um, you know, given every you know the stress that everybody's under and trying to you know make sure that kind of all my clients and everybody's in, in good mental health. Um, so I've been really busy on that end um, and trying to keep myself sane by getting in as much training as I can. Um, you know, obviously it's very different than my normal everyday um, type of training, but, you know, I got a, a decent little home set up here and, um, you know, my trainers are, are staying on top of me and we're, you know, communicating and setting up workouts so that when, you know, everything does kind of resume some level of normalcy, um, I'll be ready to go.
2: No, and so it has been like Zoom workouts or like like through video chat, is that, how, is that how you've been uh, keeping up with uh, all the training and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, it's Zoom workouts and then some of it's just like writing up like plans and you know me kind of handling and doing what I got to do.
2: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So how did you get into MMA? How did you get into this weird, crazy sports? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely,
1: um, it, it's a turn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, um, I was an athlete my entire life. Um, I played basketball in college. Um, so it was kind of after, you know, I was, um, after I was done with college, I started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and a little bit of Muay Thai. And it was more just, you know, it started off as something just to stay in shape and, you know, something new, something competitive. Um, I started competing a lot in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, um, you know, I, I did that. I competed regularly up and through up through my purple belt, um, even, you know, the start of my brown belt. Um, but then, you know, it started to get, harder and harder just to get matches and things that were like you know local and traveling it's really expensive um so I was just messing around one day in the gym and my coach was like hey do you want to do an MMA fight so it was kind of like all right yeah why not that sounds like a good idea so I did my first amateur fight um and it, it kind of just took off from there It was like wow I really like this and I'm pretty good at this so let's just See
2: where this goes. Mm-hmm. Uh Actually, so yeah, so you are you have competed in the I think it was the IBJFF um type of tournaments. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, d-
1: yeah, I've done. A, I did a lot of the IBJJF
2: tournaments. Gotcha. And you've done uh, tournaments such as Fight to Win and Rise. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, I've
2: done those. Um, oh. Those were, the Fight to Win and Rise were relatively recent. Yeah. So, like, what do you? Competing at a high level tournament such as that. Were you just thinking, ah, oh, you know, I'm just gonna be doing jujitsu my entire career. I'm not gonna. I'm just just gonna be doing these grappling tournaments. Was this? Was ever MMA ever something that thought something that crossed your mind? That like, yeah, I'm gonna. I want to go into a cage and punch people in the face as well.
1: Nope, it, that literally was just that happened. Um, I, I call it like, kind of by accident. It was literally my first coach. Um, just kind of was like, hey, do you want to do a fight? And then you know, I did one fight, and I was like, oh, I just fell in love, and I was like, I need to do this, but even, you know, at the beginning, I didn't really see, you know, um, I had, like, eight amateur fights, nine amateur fights, yeah, because I went eight and one, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it was, um, I didn't see myself, you know, going professional, that was never kind of in the, you know, in my sights, and it, you know, see it being possible, I didn't think I was good enough, um, and then, like, about halfway through my amateur career, I, um, connected with my current manager, Jason Adams, and he started kind of, you know, talking to me a little bit and being, you know, kind of letting me know, like, how good I was and the potential that was there, um, and he started talking to me about Invicta, and, you know, then we made that a plan, and it was, hey, you know what, when I go professional, I want to make my debut with Invicta, mm-hmm. um, and we did that, and we've just been kind of crushing the goals ever since.
2: Now, Adam, you're fighting Adam weight, and Adam weight's a very... It is one of the most interesting interesting divisions, I think, in all of MMA. Where I think that like everybody who fights in Adamweight weight and women's Adamweight, weight, there's like some sort of six degrees of separation between all the fighters because it seems like everybody is like has fought somebody. Ha- you you fought somebody who fought somebody else. Right. It, 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 but but that's I think that's what makes it great because that's I think the talent pool is just so is so vast at at, at weight and it's all it, it happens to be one of the most interesting and one of the most Underrated divisions, I think, in all of MMA. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your fight. So, like, for, during your amateur, one of your amateur fights, you actually fought Lindy Van Sant, uh, yeah. who now fights for Beltor and has fought for Ryzen. Uh, did you uh, did, just, could you talk a little bit about, about that fight? And, you know, or you went out to win that by decision. And, like, you know, if you can remember how you prepared to fight against um, Lindsay Van Sant, who would also go on to uh, a very uh, successful pro career as well.
1: Right. Um, yeah, because I mean, it was that was like one of the, I would say that was one of my, the most fun um, amateur fights I had. Um, you know, we definitely, we both, we're, we're both very well-rounded and we were well-matched in that fight. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see that, hey, at, you know, um, at Adamweight, we were, able, we were able to get such high-level fights um, as being amateurs. And, you know, we were the, the main event on the card and it was, um, you know, pretty much a back-and-forth fight. Um, you know, I um, was kinda getting the best of her against the cage and, you know, she was landing her strikes, I was landing my strikes and we we're just literally back and forth. Um, and then kinda going into the third round, you know, I landed takedown. She threw up one of her like, you know, funky rubber guard triangles and we kinda just ended out the fight um there and, you know, I kinda knew I had the decision just because I was getting, you know, the better of, of exchanges, but you know, it got close to the end. And, you know, the the triangle was definitely something where, you know, it made everybody nervous. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we definitely have talks and, um, you know, Lindsay and I are, you know, we we get along really well. and We, you know, talk and we, you know, we live relatively not not too far apart from each other. Yes, we have talked about like, hey, you know, we need to fight as professionals. So then that way we can, you know, become training partners. (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot, yeah, she is from New York as well, I think Webster yeah, area?
1: Like, like, uh, yeah, like up by Poughkeepsie area. Yes, that was
2: it, Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, yeah. Poughkeepsie, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, uniquely, you went on right to a major promotion, Invicta FC, you didn't yeah. re- you just kind of went from amateur and you got right to a, a like, a really, maybe the number one uh, woman's uh, MMA organization in the United States, uh, maybe the world even, so can you just talk about, how, you know, your first offer from Invicta? And just yeah, just talk about about the first uh, Invicta fight that you got offered. Yep. So um,
1: you know, I had known that um, you know, my last few amateur fights, I knew that you know, Invicta was kind of looking at me, and um, you know, there was like the potential of them, you know, offering me a contract. Um, so my last um, my last few amateur fights were actually more stressful than any um of my professional fights um because it was you know the carrot was dangling i knew that there there was like potential there and something was you know could be offered but you know one small slip up one you know mistake or just not even looking good you know winning but not looking good in my performances um in the last few amateur fights have jeopardized that um so then once it was like you know um, and i took more amateur fights just waiting to see if i was going to get an offer because i wanted to you know, potentially make my debut with a major organization because that just seems really freaking cool, right? Like, hey, you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna jump into this with a bang. Um, and then finally, they made the offer, and then you know we got that first I got that first fight I thought out in Apache uh, in uh, California, um, which was an interesting experience in itself because you're on the reservation out there. Um, and you know, but the way Invicta handles everything with their media day and yeah, you know, there's a lot of anxieties with making that pro debut, especially for a major promotion. Um, and yeah, you know, I definitely had the butterflies in my stomach, but I, I, I think that was like one of the best experiences I've had of, you know, all my fights.
2: Okay, great, great. Um, yeah, I'm curious to know: what, were you on the card that they had the open uh, scoring by any chance? No, I...
1: no, that was just the last card they just had in. Uh, what was it, it beginning of March?
2: I th- or, oh, you know, yes, 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 it and was. Like, right. It was
1: the, um, the Phoenix
2: series they did that on. Ah, yeah, okay, never mind, never mind. Well, I'll, actually, I'll ask you anyway. Um, I don't know if you haven't seen that show. I just wanted to get your thoughts. What did you think about the whole open scoring thing that Vic decided to experiment with? Did you think it was a successful experiment? Or, you know, should they go back to the regular unified rules? Did you have any thoughts on that? Um.
1: Yeah, no, I think it went really well. Um, and I think it was, you know, I think some of the fears that people had about doing that, that open scoring was like, hey, fights were going to be boring and things like that. I don't think they were boring in any way, shape, or form. I think it was the opposite. I think it made it more exciting because if you know you're down, you got to come all out in that third round, right? Like, you got to go for broke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same token, if you know you're up to two rounds, you get to take more chances because you there's nothing – you're like, all right, you know what? If I give up position, as long as I don't get tapped out or I don't get, you know, knocked out, you know, I should win this fight so you can take more chances, um, so I think it's such a great idea. Why Why not let us know what the score is? Let us know what the deal is so we know how to, you know, handle our business.
2: Mm-hmm. And we do have a question. I think the reason why they don't want y'all looking at the
0: scores or figuring out what the scorecards are is because, and I hate when certain things get lost in translation because of how, You know, people from other countries see fighting as a game, like how the Japanese, when they normally say, something about MMA, they think it's a game, when really, this is a damn sport. Mm -hmm. But still, they probably don't want y'all to look at the scores thinking, oh, it's a game, and I think I need to win by getting just as many points on the scorecards.
1: Right.
2: Uh, so we have we have, well, this will be uh, one of the last uh, parts of the Invicta talk because we do have one question from a from a listener and also uh, just recently a guest on our show Mark Q P from Wombad News and he asks what are your, what are your thoughts on, on Jin Yufre uh stating she's looking to go to one fifteen uh, so she can head to the UFC. And also just I I wanna radiate as well that that Jin is the current uh, atom weight champion of Invicta and just recently defended the championship against uh, I believe it was Ashley Cummings.
1: Yes. Um yeah, I mean I think it well, you know, it, actually it, it actually makes actually sense. You see so many other atomates once they got to the top of that, you know, Invicta division, they were yeah, they're they're mm. natural atom weights, but they were like, Hey, you know what, if I wanna make that next step I got I gotta step up the straw weight and right now with the UFC not having atom weights, I think it's a great move for her. Mm. Um you know, she's definitely, you know, she has the size, she could bulk up a little bit, and I think she'll be able to absolutely hang at, at
2: 115. Do you think that UFC will eventually... Well, on the contrary, oh, sorry.
0: on the contrary, and I'm sorry for interrupting you guys. It's yeah. kind of my thing. <laughs> but Jin Frey, although she won the fight, she basically vacated... The
2: title, because she came in a few pounds overweight. Right, oh, right, yes. Right. I forgot about that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. It, 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 that feels like yeah. five years ago. I feel like that fight happened five years ago at this point. Um, okay. It? I was on the card with her with, uh, with
1: that in February.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so do you, just curious know, uh, about UFC and Adamweight, do you think that UFC will eventually adopt an Adamweight division just because of the amount of, of fighters that probably would be doing better at that weight versus uh, straw weight? Do you think do you see the USC doing that at all, uh, Jill?
1: I mean, you know, I gotta I gotta stay positive and be hopeful, right? I, I you know I I do see that one day they'll do it, but it's just you know when is that gonna be? Is it gonna be you know soon or is it gonna be you know in a couple years? And sure. yeah, you know, I don't see any reason why they're holding back on doing the Adam weight division. It doesn't you know they have other divisions in there that are like that really don't make sense and they don't even have a. You know a talent pool to pull from but yet they keep those divisions in play for the females yeah. and you have a you have a vast pool of atom weight that you could pull from and have a very exciting fights but yet you don't want to make the division so I don't know I think the only reason why you know they have those
0: divisions like the women's featherweight division for instance where they just Leave it there as an afterthought because they basically want there to be champion. Want every ah, yeah. they basically want everybody to be champions. They just want to. They just want to waste time trying to find the right talent for those divisions.
2: Hmm. Well, okay. I I feel like there's there's probably more people that, that there's more fighters though at atom weight than there are at women's featherweight though. Yeah. But the problem, 100%. most most of the women's featherweight tend to be uh 135ers who go up. Um, right. The probably the only the only natural 145er I could have thought of at this point is Cyborg, but she's not with the UFC anymore. And she, right, I mean, I guess and Nunez, but everybody else who, who's fought her, Kuniskaya, um, um Oh my god! Uh, basically, everybody who fought. Yeah, they all they all fought at uh, 135 and uh, went up to 145. So yeah, it's not a real true 145 division in, in my personal eyes. Right. Um, now let's talk about why we have you on here, um, and that is well, you. Actually, Oh, sorry, Christian. I forgot you are here. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I'm looking at it right now, and I think this might play into what I'm about to ask Mr. Corsi. Now, you said that you would like to face off against Crazy Bees' future B, bee, Aishimizu, in the Rising Ring. Which, of course, four ropes. I mean, five ropes, four corners, not a cage, blah, blah, blah. But still, point of the matter is, you want to fight Shimizu in Rising. Now, considering the fact that you've fought most of your professional career in Invicta, do you see fighting in Ryzen as a possible opportunity to make a name for yourself? Or do you think that it would be best to, you know, drag Aishimizu to the Invicta cage and y'all can square it off there?
1: Um, well, it's not, you know, if you just look at, like, the history of things, um, there's a strong history of the Invicta fighters kind of going over and, and, and fighting in Ryzen and then coming back to Invicta. Um, that's happened numerous times. Um, you know, especially over the last year, you've seen it, you know, quite often. Uh, but you don't really see the reverse happening. You don't see, um, you know, the the Ryzen fighters coming over to Invicta. So, you know, theoretically, it makes more sense for me to travel over there. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not sh- I don't shy away from, you know, being, you know, the... The underdog, in the sense of being, you know, not in my hometown or not being in my comfort zone. Um, I actually think that's where I, you know, rise above. Hmm. Yeah, but come to think of it, Invicta fighters so far in rising have not had the best of luck. Mm. <laughs> no, they have not. That is true. Yeah. But you know what? I like to make. Yeah. I like to be the one to make a difference.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. <laughs> What what Oh, uh, when you so uh, what makes you want? So wh- why Aishimizu? Because you know, Ryzen has a bunch of other fighters in their and weight division. Reina, Kanazakura, uh, Miyu Yamamoto. Yamamoto who's yeah. Uh, about two decades older than you. Yes. Yeah. So, what uh, what 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 made you? Wh- wh- why I why Aishimizu? Why is she in your target sites? Um, you know,
1: I think she's like, you know, I think stylistically. We match up really well. You know, her fights are pretty well-rounded. She, you know, she can strike. She can, you know, play her ground game. You know, and I think we, you know, and that that means we match up really well. But I also think that, you know, she's, you know, other people that she's fought recently haven't had ground games up to her level. So I think, you know, her kind of, you know, taking on a challenge with someone as far as the ground game goes and seeing where her, you know, her ground game, really is, um, and I think, you know, it's time kind of to step up with that, um, mm. and plus, you know, she's undefeated right now, um, and I like to be the person to kind of put the, the mark on undefeated records.
2: Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So, I don't know, did you happen to see her fight at Rising 18 against Tabitha and Watkins by any chance?
1: Um, yeah, and that's actually one of the fights, that's one of the main fights that kind of pushed it over Where and, and put eye on my radar, um, because right before Tabitha took that fight, um. They were looking for a fight for her in her hometown, um, and I accepted the fight, and then uh, as quickly as I accepted it, the uh, offer was rescinded, and uh, Tabitha was no longer looking for a fight, um, so it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, you're, you you turned down you know, a fight about a month earlier with me in your hometown, and then you take a fight in Japan on, what, five days' notice? Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, well... You Know,
2: I beat Tabitha. Tabitha won't fight me, so hey, hi, right, let's,
1: let's,
0: let's fight then. Gotcha. Oh, got... to think of it, Would you end up wanting to face Alicia Zapatella if the opportunity presents itself?
1: Um, oh, I definitely want to rematch with Alicia. Um, you know, I fought Alicia, I took that fight on a week's notice. Um, and you know, my weight cut was really rough, I didn't have time to prepare. I had actually. Um, you know, I had a, like a staff infection right before I, you know, accepted the fight, so I was out of training for a little bit. So there was, a, you know, a lot of factors that came into play, and I think we both really evolved as fighters um, since we fought about, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. So I think, you know, a rematch is definitely, you know, something that's on my radar.
2: So actually, the reason, the reason also I bring up the Tava and Walkers fight, and I don't know if you how much you remember of it, but Christian, if you remember when we we reviewed the fight. One of the big things that we talked about was who won the fight in the end because I think Christian. Oh, yeah. we definitely talked about how Tabata and Watkins got pretty much shit canned because. Well, yeah, well. She was fight. Yeah, she we had was it. Winning
0: the fight by uh, basically dominating Aishimizu, but she lost the fight by way of a judge's decision.
2: Yeah, yeah. and the, the other issue was also if you remember the. Um, there was a, supposedly a Gracie slash Phantom tap. Uh, remember the armbar that uh, Watkins uh, got uh, Shimizu in, and it looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. So you know that's you know that that's uh, yeah. We had a lot of uh, discussion about that fight, and that's interesting. That's a fight that you saw. So it definitely seems like when you were watching that fight, you're like, okay, Shimizu definitely has a lot of holes in her game, especially when it comes to if she goes against somebody who's a lot better on the ground. Um, is, that, is that something that you saw Was in this fight? Was that, like, yeah, if, if she goes up against somebody who's a, a grappling wizard, she just kind of, she's kind of like a lost lamb, kind of?
1: Um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say she's a lost lamb at all. Um, you, know, you know, she definitely was, was caught in that armbar, um, but, you know, she did do certain things correctly, like, as far as escaping. And, you know, she's tough as nails because that armbar, that, that was a pretty locked-in armbar, and she was getting cranked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and she, you know, kind of kept going, whether, you know, she tapped or not, that's, you know, that's not something yeah. that I'm going to debate on, but, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, she, she tucked it out for right? So I know that, hey, you know, it's going to take a lot for me to get that finish, um, and, and, and tap her, um, in that sense. But, you know, I don't, the, the toughness that she showed is one of the big things that I, that I saw, and I was like, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like tough fights. I don't want easy fights. And, yeah, I don't think I've really had any easy fights, so it's, you know, um, I want someone that that's going to bring it, and, you know, I think it's a, a fight that makes sense on so many levels, and the rankings were very closely ranked, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we kind of, you know, like I said before, we match up well, and it's just, you know, it would be exciting, because it's like, alright, you know, who's going to get the best of
2: who? Mm-hmm. Now, um, I don't know, have you seen any other fights from the Ryzen's weight division by any chance? Uh, yeah, I watch most of them. Okay, great! Oh, great, great, great! What do you think about about the division overall? Are we, are we, the thing that it's probably their second best division. Well, maybe their first best in women's, but second best overall. What do, you, do right. you think that that Ryzen really has? Like, they really like care and show that they that they that this is this is their one of their flagship divisions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because
1: you you know, almost every card is at least one or two you know Adam weight fights. Um, and it's one of the the, the, um, the weight classes that they really do try and showcase and just bring in, like, so much talent. Um, you know, I think between, like, you know, Ryzen and Invicta, um, you know, obviously one, two, um, you know, that's pretty much, if you're an Adam weight, you've got to be in one of those three um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you want to to be able to do anything with,
2: with your career. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so and, and, who else would you... Let's just say if the Shimizu fight didn't work out for whatever reason. She's injured or whatever. If Ryzen said, hey, you know, we can't get you, Shimizu. was there be anybody else that you maybe would be interested in potentially fighting by any chance? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, pretty much it's like, hey, make an offer. Um, you know, unless it's like something where it's, you know, very obvious that, like, I'm being set up just to get, like, murdered and wrecked. Which, you know, with my skill set, I don't see that being, um you know, happening, but um, pretty much, you know, you make an offer and it's like, as long as you're not telling me, hey, you know, you're making the offer on Monday and the, you know, the fight's on Saturday, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not something that we're
2: going to turn down at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. Because also, one of the things that Ryzen also does, very unique, a lot of American MMA promotions do not do this, is that they will have non-title fights with their champions taking on just, you know other fighters. Right. If they made an offer to you, you and that...
0: said, to think of it, I just realized something. One of the fighters that Rising has under contract is a current Invicta champion, In Kanako Murata, A.K.A. Lady Sakuraba. Do you yes. think that if given the opportunity, if a title fight doesn't work in the in the Invicta cage, would you be willing to face off against her in a non-title fight in the Rising ring? And if you win," potentially get that title opportunity and invent
1: them oh absolutely i mean that's like an opportunity you can't you know pass up would i be the underdog in that fight would i be you know in the underdog in every way possible absolutely would i be pegged to lose absolutely but um you know opportunities like that sometimes you just have to you know take and you know that's your opportunity
2: to shine. Mm. The other option, uh, the other uh, fight I also was thinking of is yeah, like I said, yeah, they they have non-title fights. The current uh, uh, rising uh, atomweight champion, super atomweight champions, they call it, is uh, Seo Hee Ham from uh, Korea. Right. Uh, and uh, if they offered you a non tile fight against her, would that be something that you would that you would take? And you know, potentially, if you if you win, you then maybe could get a tile f- shot. You know. No sooner rather than later, by any chance, is that something that you would take up, or do you want to start? Maybe do you want to start small, then work your way up?
1: Um, you know, obviously, if the offer gets made, you kind of you kind of can't turn down those offers. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I ideally you want to be able to build yourself up, right? Because in both of those fights, I would be a huge underdog, um, just in experience-wise. Um, you know, they're highly experienced and highly talented, and um, you know, really, really great. Um, you know, female fighters, um, fighters in general—not even just females. Um, but you know, it's, I would ideally want to build myself up from you know uh, more—you know—my level and build up. But it's you know, opportunities to present themselves. You gotta, you gotta take what's in front of you at the time, and it's not always you know ideal when you get it. But you gotta do what you gotta do, right?
2: Yeah, of course, of course. Chris, I'm gonna throw it to you because I, I run out, I, I run out of rising ish quests asked.
0: Ah, damn it. Now, you kind of put me in the spot, Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, but kind of think that seeing the fact that, and I know this may seem a little bit crazy for you, you know, because we tend to shoot the shit a lot when it comes down to this podcast, but considering the fact that. Considering the fact that tonight is the NFL draft that's important April 23rd, if there was one way that you would get promotions to pick you up, i.e. draft you, so to speak, to their promotion or to their division, what would be your main sales pitch to said promotion in trying to get you on board?
1: Um. Yep. So I mean, I, I am already, you know, I am, I am signed to Invicta. But you know, the beauty of being signed to Invicta is, you know, Shannon, you know, works with her fighters, and if we get opportunities outside, you know, to fight, even if they're just for one fight, um, she generally, as long as it's something that makes sense and and going to be good for us career-wise, she gives us permission. Um, and that's a beautiful thing because most, you know, most promoters and uh won't allow you to do that. They're like, nope, you're locked in with us, and that's it. You're stuck. Um, but she really looks out for you know our best interest in that sense. Um, but you know I don't really um, sell myself with my words. Um, I'm not you know a big talker. You know this is one of the first fights that I'm actually you know um, speaking out about and being like, hey, I want this um, because sometimes you gotta you gotta use your words, right? You can't just you know stay quiet and expect things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to sh- you know show with my my skills and my, um talk with my actions and not not my words, right? Because actions at the end of the day speak louder than words and if i show you fight in and fight out that you know what i'm excited even if we're going through decision every fight that's a grinding and it's an exciting fight it is not one of those you know decision fights where you're falling asleep watching it it's like you know gut-wrenching real like oh man what's what's gonna happen here and it's just non-stop action for the from the from the time it starts to the time it ends. um so that would be my pitch be like hey just watch my fight um you know, I'm not going to make a highlight reel for you,
2: because anybody can look good on a highlight reel, right? <laughs> that's why I call a highlight reel. <laughs> you have to show yourself up in front of that crowd when the lights are on bright.
0: What was that? But basically, I mean, you're saying that anybody can look good on a highlight reel or a highlight yep. tape, but it's all about showing yourself up when the lights are on bright.
1: Exactly. And that's where, you know, you don't always see it. You see, you could have one exciting moment of the fight, but meanwhile, the other big, the other 14 minutes suck, right? Mm-hmm. right? You take that, that that one minute, you make it some cool little
2: clip. Wow, you look amazing. <laughs> meanwhile, the rest of the fight for everybody to sleep. Well, we definitely, uh, I've looked at, at some of your fights while uh, before we uh, did this interview, and you definitely, I think you have what it takes. We always say, we always had the discussion after Horizon uh, shows. You always say, who is Ryzen worthy. And you definitely have what it takes, definitely takes what it has to be Ryzen Worthy. I mean, you know, it's an entirely different environment, you know, it's a it's a ring versus a cage, you being Japan, you know. Um, I don't know if that if you know uh, how much how uh, you know, but we definitely think that we, you can definitely fit in the ad, the Ryzen super atom weight division that they have there. Um we could definitely yeah, we could definitely see you uh like competing against people like Aishimizu and Kanazakura and Reina, and you definitely climb up the ladder for that uh, for that division. It would, it would be, yeah, I think you definitely would be uh, a great asset to that division.
1: I thank you. I, I appreciate that. That means a lot.
2: Yeah, um, and, yeah. You, you know, yeah,
1: uh, one more question oh. I gotta ask you, yep. is that
0: if you weren't a professional MMA fighter, and I always ask this when it comes down to the people that we interview or that I interview single-handedly, right. but Still, you're born to as a professional mixed martial artist. You could be in jiu-jitsu as well. But if you weren't a trained combatant, if you weren't in combat sports, what would be your plan B? What would be your backup plan, so to speak?
1: Yeah, well, I, um, you know, I, 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 it's a beautiful thing because I actually get to, um, I get to uh, pursue both my dreams simultaneously. Um, you know, my backup plan or. You know my my plan AA or whatever you want to like call it my side by side plan is uh you know um is I'm I'm, like I said earlier I'm a licensed mental health counselor um and I you know I run my own counseling practice um out in Queens so that would be my you know my other plan but I'm already doing my plan B
2: actually just curious to know if you want my sorry additional question um so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, me, the mental aspect of mma is, is like it i think is so fascinating sometimes even more fascinating than than like preparing yeah. for the fights physically itself so right. in your case since you are a mental health uh counselor what do do you do you have somebody that you work with as uh when you prepare for your fights mentally or do you work on that on your own or could you just talk about anything about that i'm just really curious to know
1: yep i mean- uh, like mental coaches like reach out to me you know over the years um, you know I haven't actually worked with one um, individually um, because I kind of know what I need to do and you know just you know being educated within you know psychology and working in the field for so many years um, you know I know what I what I need to do to prepare myself mentally and that's been actually an aspect of the game that over the past year I focused a lot on um, because my two losses, you know, I, I attribute a big portion of it is to me not mentally being 100% when I stepped in the cage and, you know, just not being there mentally in training and, you know, a lot of stuff going on that I just wasn't able to block out and move on. So I think it's a huge aspect of the game. And if you can't, if you can't get your emotions and your mind in the right place, it doesn't matter where your skills are. Um, you're not going to be able to show them.
2: Oh, absolutely. 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 And with that, uh, I just want to give you an opportunity, uh, Jill, to plug your social media sponsors, uh, I don't know, your daughter, uh, your, your kid's, uh, cupcake, uh, business. I don't, anything (laughs) that you want to, anything that you want to plug, you know, the floor is yours now.
1: I do want some cupcakes now that you're
2: mentioning cupcakes. Oh, me too. Me too. So bad. Um, well, I do want to kind of, you know, first I want to say thank you to
1: my coaches, um, you know, Eric Ruiz at uh, Ringsport Sport Muay Thai, and um, uh, Ryan LeClaire um, at uh, Long Island MMA um, for kind of, you know, making sure I'm, I'm fight ready. Um, my manager, Jason Adams, um, and, you know, some of my sponsors that have been with me, um, you know, for the long haul. Uh, I got Receptor Receptor Natural, CBD, Deep Chick, Fighter Alias, Guard What's Yours, Defense Soap, um, Bushido Bags, uh, Jaq massage therapy um, and fighter alias. Um, and you know my, you guys can follow me on social media um, on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Lionheart Jill, and Facebook it's Jillian Lionheart Corsi.
2: Great, great. You know we hope uh, that.
1: And uh, one more question I do want
0: to ask before we yeah. close this thing out. We know that you don't have a fight coming up because obviously quarantine <laughs> and COVID-19 pretty much put a damper right. on things. But when you do get that first fight booked, what would be your message to say to fans in order for people to watch, in order for people to actually know who you are?
1: Um. Yep. So, I mean, I would just kind of let them know, like, hey, if you want to see an exciting fight that's going to be, you know, nonstop action and it's not going to be boring, uh, make sure you tune in to watch me fight.
0: And if they can't, they can always check you out on the Fight Pass, because I'm pretty okay. sure most of your Invicta fights are already on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I have every one of my fights, even my uh, non-Invicta uh, fight for Cage uh, Fury, they're all on Fight Pass, so you can watch them any time of day. And you know what? We're in uh, quarantine status right now, so you've got lots of time. So check out all those uh, Invicta fights on uh
2: but hopefully your next fight will be for Ryzen. You know, we, we definitely want to see you in the Ryzen ring. You know, uh, br- uh, bringing a, a great fight to Aishimizu, Kanazakura whoever you know they decide to pit against you. And you, uh, Jill, what we do appreciate you talking to us now. Hopefully, you know, people have, I know for a fact people who work for Ryzen listen to us. I can tell you that for a darn fact because we do have one fighter who got who got a fight. Um, uh, Christian, you remember Vitaly Shemitov, right? Remember that whole thing? Yeah, the dance in Russian. Yes, I he, know. he got a fight because we were one of the first people to ask him why he wanted to fight in Ryzen because he was wanting to fight in Ryzen and he got nice. signed months, a few months after we did an interview with him. So I'm taking credit for that. So hopefully... Uh,
1: take credit. And you know what? If I get upset, I would definitely
2: give you guys some shout outs and some credit. Oh, I we appreciate it. We definitely would love to talk to you when uh if and when Ryzen calls you to uh add them to your to their super atom white division.
1: That sounds like an awesome plan. Well thank you guys so much for
2: having me on. It was a pleasure. No problem, no problem. Be no problem. safe. Stay safe. Yep.
1: Stay safe. But yes,
0: you so, you guys too. Stay safe. Yeah, stay safe, keep yourself quarantined, don't breathe anything from strangers, and hopefully, when the time comes, we'll be able to talk to
1: you soon about your future fights. 100%. Thank you, guys.
2: Great. Thank you very much, Jill. Best of luck.
1: All right. Bye. Thank you.
2: Bye. Oh, that was a great interview.